The opinions expressed on the following audio program are solely those of the host and the guests. Burner Podcast is an independently produced, not-for-profit show and is not associated with the Burning Man organization or its subsidiaries. The views expressed are not representative of the entire Burning Man community and are presented here for entertainment purposes only. In short, calm the fuck down. It's just a podcast. Alright, it's episode number 95 and it is 207 days till the man burns as of this recording. So, 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 so. The past couple of days uh, I've been going through and responding to some emails on our Burner Podcast channels, or various channels. Sometimes I lose track um, of a lot of this stuff because we have a few different people looking at them and it's uh, mostly Navjeet the producer of our sister show, Alkaline. He uses the Facebook page to ping DJs and um, and request mixes, the stuff DJs do. Uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, speaking of Alkaline, did you know that the mixes that Navjit is presenting on that show are exclusive releases? Ooh, meaning it's not recorded at another event like the stuff that you hear on this show. When we were starting Alkaline, our whole goal was for that show to be a place where the artists we were featuring would be really able to tell the kinds of stories they might not necessarily always be able to tell when they're responding to like a live dance floor, uh, if that makes sense. And and the sets that you hear on this show, as you're aware, were uh, recorded at the Burn or at a burn somewhere in the world. Uh, so go check out Burner Podcast Presents Alkaline if you haven't already. Navjeet and associate producer Tori Massey work kind of hard on that sometimes. <laughs> There's also Into the Fire, produced and hosted by Super Suze out of the Bay Area in Northern California. And, uh, well, I mean, that's like the epicenter of the Burner universe of course. Uh, her sound feels a lot more NPR to me. So I really love her voice. And one of the associate producers of this show that you're listening to right here, right now, Louis Gallopo, uh, he is the mastermind behind music.bm, uh, which is not like actually a podcast, but BM is in Burning Man. And he was able to uh, obtain music.bm, the URL, because he actually lives out in Bermuda. <laughs> so how rad is that? So we chat a lot on Facebook to bring this show together, and we work very closely together. Music.bm is an archive of music of Burning Man since 2010, I believe. It goes all the way back to. And it's all DJ sets. It's all the DJ sets that he could find online. He... Um, I assume tireless, tire, tirelessly track them down and organize them in a fashion which you can browse. Uh, it's a pretty damn impressive project. So uh, all these links that I just mentioned, uh, these shows and these projects are all over at burnerpodcast.com. Each of these projects that I just mentioned operate as kind of like their own camps, if you will. Uh, and we are all villaged over at burnerpodcast.com because it's a pretty goddamn cool url to be villaged under so uh if you know of any other cool ongoing online burning man projects that you think would be a good fit in our digital village you should totally shoot me a message uh, at my email address it's uh, arash at burnerpodcast.com arash is spelled a-r-a-s-h uh, or you can ping producer lee and uh, we, you know, we work together pretty closely. His email address is Lee at burnerpodcast.com. Lee is spelled L-E-E. It's just Lee. Uh, and 
with that, uh, on to today's show. Uh, today's roundtable is one of those hyper geeky Burning Man episodes uh, on this show. I on this show that you're listening to right now, uh, I typically interview a lot of artists and Burning Man world movers and shakers, and like we get to know camps and projects and individuals. And then sometimes we do these episodes that uh, that those planning to attend the burn find like super useful. Uh, we did a packing for the burn one a while back, which. Uh, I got a lot of thank you comments on. It was, it was apparently very helpful to a lot of people. And today's Nerd Fest is all about RVs. And it was partially inspired by a couple of our listeners who attended their Virgin Burn a couple of years back. Uh, I think you'll hear me reference them during the conversation at some point. It's not, it's not uncommon for us to receive messages from burners attending their first burn coming from various parts of the world, which... God help you if we're your source of entry into Burning Man. And and we do our best to send them in the right direction, uh, whatever resources are at our disposal. Uh, this, this particular listener had a concern that she wasn't being a true burner by renting an RV, which, oh my God, how fucking adorable are you? Uh, we... We did assure her, of course, that it's very much the norm of the culture at this point. Um, I, I imagine there are listeners out there who, who would like to disagree with me, um, and I'm happy to hear from you. By all means, tweet me. Um, and uh, in, in today's show, we, we do actually like get into some of that, and we do uh, even get into some of the ways that RVs are being utilized in order to create even better camp infrastructure. The, uh, the group that you're going to be hearing very shortly is a bunch of veterans who've been to the Big Burn and some Little Burns and other festivals with RVs. So they've got a lot of great input. Producer Lee like really put together a really, really great roundtable. And they were all super prompt, by the way. <laughs> we, we scheduled the recording session on a Sunday afternoon and I walked in like 20 minutes late thinking they'd all be like hanging out and people would just be kind of getting there. And it turns out that they all got there like exactly at 7 p.m. and were just waiting for me. So like awkwardly setting up the mics and feeling this like shame sweat bead rolling down my forehead. Uh, but we got it. We recorded the show. You're going to hear it. Uh, so you'll get to know the whole crew as they introduce themselves. It's a little bit of a bigger than usual group. So, you know, there might be like the sound might be a little echoey. I, I tried to mic it best I could, but it, it's hard when it was like a really big group. We'll talk about the do's and don'ts of hashtag RV life <laughs> at the burn. Uh, some little tips and tricks if you're taking your IV out for the first time, which are super useful. And for those who are like, I stay in a fucking tent. What good is this show for me? For you, negative Nancys, we will chat a bit about RV etiquette. Like if you're visiting someone else's RV, the things that you should be aware of, ways that you might be pissing off your wonderful RV hosts without even realizing it. Uh, I found that stuff to be super helpful because yeah, word on the street is that I'm attending Africa Burn for 2019 and I'm staying in an RV and I'm terrified of saying that shit out loud in case I can't go for some reason. Uh, but there, I said it. I said it for the world to hear. Uh, and now moving on from that subject as fast as possible. Basically, this whole thing is like, this whole episode is kind of like the stuff that you would ask uh, at, you know, at, at your, like, your, your local burner meet and greet event. It's that kind of episode. 
And after the conversation, producer Louis selected the perfect RV happy hour soundtrack for you guys, uh, the for you folks. The set that you'll be hearing is by Portland-based Jesse Sugar Moore. I love that name, by the way. I always make it a point to jam out to the set that we've chosen while writing my intro notes. And oh man, I really, really love this one. That last 15 minutes just had me dancing in my seat at this hipster ass coffee shop in San Diego while I was working on this show. Today's episode is entitled Burning in an RV. (laughs) Oh my God, that title is fucking hilarious if you're not familiar with what burning means. I, I go by Mr. Arash, even though nobody calls me Mr. Welcome to Burner Podcast. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the lights. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There was sand and hills and rain. Telling their friends and family. Mm-hmm. So if I overheard, yeah, a friend or family member, yeah, because they're not usually open on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Except for like, uh, oh, for yeah, um, fundraisers or special parties or oh, things. Shoot, I wish it was today because then after this, go get I know. a margarita. Always, <laughs> always. <laughs> to go down to Chichis on or ch- Chiquitas. They're close <clears throat> on Sunday too. How long? Um, how long have you been here in this neighborhood? 22 years. 22 years. It's, it's, wow. there's something really special about Kensington. Um, there's like a, such a strong community. We're recording, by the way. There's, there's a really strong community <laughs> feel. Um, just like, there's like the downtown area just feels like it's like a place where everybody's hanging out. Like, you know, people are waving at each other, communicating with each other in the streets. And like, I feel like I've lived all over San Diego and there's something unique about here and OB. Like mm-hmm. it has that like str- like Ocean Beach has that strong community sense to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what brought you here originally? Uh, I liked the homes. Yeah, all the homes. And a friend was looking at a different home, and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna buy a house in this neighborhood." Yeah, yeah. Not knowing, I mean, I loved the Kensington area. It wasn't as developed as it, as it is now, but it was it was quaint. It was beautiful. People have been around here for generations. Mm-hmm. People retire here and they stay, or they raise their kids here and stay till they die. Yeah. So it's. Was that before the 15 went in? Did you see the 15 go in? That was before the 15. Wow. Yeah, it came partway up the hill and then turned into 40th Street. When did the 15 come in? 
about nine, it's right around, I left. 18 years ago? I lived right across the 15 in um, on Normal Heights. And they were, when they, I lived two houses away from the 15, okay. <laughs> which was 40th Street at the time. Right. And then they started building it. I thought, I need to get out of here before it, living okay. in, I don't want to live near our freeway. So. When I moved in, they'd already taken out all the houses along that stretch. So they were preparing yeah, they were, to they were take it down. Systematically purchasing them all along the way. And right. there, was, there was some issue with some of the people not wanting to sell and all this kind of thing and eminent domain and that kind of thing. But Late 90s. It, and it was all the houses that were along that they, had to buy, that they had to buy were pieces of crap. So it was it was. They probably got way more than what they were worth. That's such a weird... It's just weird to think about. Um, the, like, the, the things that we take so for granted is like a normal part of the life of the world around us mm-hmm. that right. just like not until not too long ago weren't even there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was at a, a Barrio Logan art crawl last night with Lee oh, and... Um, right. the, I was talking to one of the gallery owners who'd never been to the burn and I was explaining to him... Um, about how uh, that week at Burning Man, like it feels like this microcosm of just like a society, but it just happens really, really fast, yeah. you know? So like in the beginning, there's the people that have like lived there forever. I'm sorry, like, it's like the, the DPWs there, like they're there to build streets. It's like right. rough and tumble desert dweller types, right? <laughs> like you're ready to deal with the, the, the real harsh playa. Um, and then as the week goes on, more of the artists show up and more community builders show up and they're kind of like setting up, like creating this community, this society. And then by the end of the weekend, like it's all really been built. <laughs> it's like all, all the work has really been put there and the community developments. And that's when you see like the weekend warriors show up that are just basically like, uh, sometimes they just can't make it till the weekend. I understand that. <laughs> but, um, but I'm referencing specifically like the crowds that show up to party specifically that right. final weekend. Yeah, um, fly in and yeah, yeah. Enjoy the plug and play. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. My la- going last year, um, I just found the plug and plays so kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, I had seen them before and I had taken two years off, right? And I had seen them before <clears throat> and they were more just like the trailers scatterboomed, put together. Yeah. Nothing special. And then this year, they all have these, I can think of three or four of them, where they actually surrounded the entire camp with all of this, like, netting and yeah. stuff, and it was more top secret, and oh, the entryways were different, and it was just, each one of those plug-and-plays were more organized, and it was like its own little sub-separate burn within its own little walls yeah. of what they did, and... You know, with the bikes all lined up there that you could just jump on and take right. away. It's just, I I went, wow. Yeah. That's a big change. <laughs> change is quick. Yeah. It, and it's um, it's funny to say that. Whenever I'm recording this show, by the way, there's always, like, some part of the back of my head that's thinking, like, all right, make sure you cover enough people in the community's experiences mm. so you're not being, like, a judgy asshole. <laughs> and I'll, I'll think that, but then my side's like, it's okay. I'm certain nobody from one of those camps is listening to this show anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. If they are, I hope, you know, stop doing oh, that. I didn't think it was very judgy. I was just saying how no, 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 I interesting agree. it was. They were much more organized. Yeah. And it was uh, their own little experience, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, That's it's, what it's, I saw. They, um, it's very normal to come into a new environment and like you know put your best foot forward, and I'm I'm certain that that's the experience a lot of times that they're having. Like that's the thought process. What happens in many of those situations, not all of them, yeah, uh, is uh, that 
they do have um, the negative, but no, not negative, like a, like, a, like a less inclusive version of what you're describing, which is like full on, it's their own private playground. Nobody else is allowed in. They're not connecting with people outside of their community or outside of their personal little community. It's like a little silo. Right. Um, and I, I think when people are, are, are uh, having frustrations with the plug and play thing, that's specifically the ones they're concerned about. Not people who just like did a great job of organizing, right. <laughs> you know, like, cause they're, these are like veteran right. builders it's, that have put this an involvement together. with the yeah. entire Burning Man community. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, and I really appreciate that you brought that up because that was one of the inspirations behind like actually having this episode, uh, this conversation. We had, um, some listeners from, I think Australia that emailed uh, uh, with me a couple of times and like they were, we, we get a lot of listeners that have never been to the burn and like are spending like the, a year listening to episodes and just kind of right. getting acculturated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like it's some, it's a good opportunity to, yeah. to your research. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope we're presenting <laughs> a, a, a good snapshot of the community for the year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's a, there was, I remember a couple from Australia that was, planning to come out and rent RVs or rent an RV to live in for the week that they were here. And she almost sounded like a little apologetic about it. Like she's like, Oh, you know, I feel bad. I know like we're not being like legit burners. It's like we're not, we're not in a tent. And I'm like, God, no, that's ridiculous. Like, first of all, you're flying in from Australia. Yeah, right. like, come to the exactly. I come in from San Diego and I can't figure out my head from my ass out there. Like, <laughs> so kudos to you. By all means, find a way to get there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I think like that was one of the inspirations was I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Like there is no, there is no, you can only burn this way. You can burn this way. Honestly, even if you're a plug and play camp, by all means, go fucking do it that way. If you're in a tent like me, go do it that way. If you're, there's, there is nobody who can point a finger at you and say you're not burning right because it's basically saying you're not living life right. You know, it's pretty interesting at uh, Draft Pump this last year, um, we had the most RVs and van conversions, which <laughs> yeah. could be even a U-Haul. So when I say a van conversion, it could be like a passenger van or a U-Haul. Yeah. As actual living spaces, we had very few tents, and yeah. this is, which made our process of doing city planning, which is something I do, yeah. and trying to lay it all out, um, tricky. So, um, but I think you know maybe that's just also part of the evolution, and um, as maybe one experiences many burns, um, and just maybe you know, having more comfort. Why not have comfort? No, absolutely. You guys yeah. also have a lot of veterans. Like, you get, you, Draft Punk has a lot of people who have been to multiple, multiple burns. Exactly. Yeah, and, and if anything, like, um, you know, when we do speak of, like, the plug-and-play types, again, I think that the clarification is that it's usually um, the, the people who have never burned before and then, like, show up and RV and everything is, like, waiting for them already. So they're, it's right. basically, like, checking into a hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they're losing a big chunk of the experience, you know, getting out there and like getting your ass kicked a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so we know RVs um, can be problematic yeah. taking, you know, Absolutely. almost a 22 hour journey to get to the playa. Yeah. No, it comes, it comes with its whole own set of things to figure out. Right. It does. And on the drive that Rich and Rick and I had to Suaraman in Arizona, like when we were talking about RV stuff, that's when I was like, man, it's like this whole other giant checklist of things that I have to worry about that's like so far out of my thought process. So I was like, cool, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guys I'm gonna go around the room and have you say your name, um, what the year your first burn is, if you can remember it immediately, or how many burns you've attended, um, and what camp you have historically typically been associated with. So let's start with Joel. Oh, okay. I'm I'm Joel. I guess now known as Magic Queendom. <laughs> Joel Magic Queendom. Um, I started burning in 2011, Rites of Passage. Mm. Uh, I started with the Lollipop Guild um, and then moved on to Cheesy Porn mm. after meeting my partner, UPW. And uh, Cheesy Porn's um, has a subcamp called Draft Punk. Yeah. You are a returning guest, by the way. I am. Yes, we had it for the Cheesy Porn episode, yeah. yeah. This is a lot of fun. Uh, Fun (laughs) side note is the highest number of listens we've had on YouTube. (laughs) <laughs> I think on YouTube think oh right <laughs> yeah, yeah I got you yeah I think they go in and I'm like what, what's this Burning Man sh-? hopefully some people started listening to it and kept listening to the episode after they found that it wasn't porn but <laughs> yeah uh, my name's Rick uh, also known as Panda Juice um, our first uh, Rich and I's uh, first uh, Burning Man was 2000 right in 2000 and we were you know, we were with uh, with Jiffy Lube uh, the infamous Jiffy Lube camp and uh, we were there for for a couple of years, a couple of burns. Uh, we, 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 was, we, we were doing even years. We did 2000, 2002, 2004, and then we did some skipping. But um, uh, and after that, we started with the Lollipop Guild. And um, then the, the, the last time we went was uh, with The Journey. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that introduces both of you, kind of, but we want to yeah. hear your voice, too. <laughs> and, and I'm Rich, also known as Pronto, and um, the 2000... Um, and you forgot, uh, Rick, that we also went to Burnstream Court for one year. Oh, that's right. Well, I wanted to forget that. What was it? What was it? Burnstream? Burnstream, Burnstream Court. It was a bunch of uh, airstreams, uh-huh. and we were invited in on the, on the edge. Because yeah, we had to be on the edge because we didn't have our airstream. Yeah. yeah we, 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 have this, <laughs> we have this motorhome that's been there three times. Yeah. So we've had three, three motorhomes, uh, two vans, and, and we've uh, each, each one has... I've been christened at the burn. Uh, the, the current RV has been there three times. Nice. You know what? That's actually probably something I should have clarified. Uh, oh. Joel, you're... So my RV with me has gone four times and um, and several times, I believe, with others, previous owners. Right. Really? So, yeah. My, my, it's a burner RV that's yeah. been hammered down, passed on. <laughs> yeah. So there's already ply of dust in there the minute you picked it up. Exactly. Yeah. And we started in a Volkswagen Vanagon Westphalia camper conversion. It was our first time when we went the first time. And then we upgraded to a Vanagon, I mean, a, a Eurovan camper, which is basically just a newer version of the Eurovan or the, of the Vanagon. And then, and then we moved into the RV that we have now. Cool. That's the one we rode out in. Right. The Itasca yeah. Navion 24-footer. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And I'm Brett. I started in 20, 20, 2008, I think it was. And I've been to Burn six times. First two times we were in a tent and looked at renting an RV on my third time and said, well, I might as well buy one for that price. So I found an old one. Yeah. I actually bought the one Joel <laughs> has. Um, from Jim. From Jim Beitzel. And... Uh, 
was having problems with it, and so I sold it to him and bought a different one instead. <laughs> so, but yeah, Mike's been, uh, Army has been, let's see, four times to the burn. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fun voice. I'm Marcus, uh, also known as Monkey Juice. <laughs> um, and the... Actually, the reason that Woody and I are together is partially because of Joel's RV. That's right. Uh, we went on a trip to pick it up in Brentwood, California, and um, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, my first burn was 2013, and then I went back again with uh, the Journey Apex uh, last year. Cool. Yeah, I think between everybody in this group, there's like over two decades of burning and RVing experience, <laughs> if I'm doing my math right, which I'm probably not, but it's close enough. Um, I, I immediately want to know, I guess like the beginning of the experience, you, you had exactly the experience that I imagine a lot of people have, which is like they look into renting and then like, you know what, this is just going to be too much to deal with. Like it's going it, it to, did it come down to cost for you at the end or? Yeah, I was looking, yeah. Uh, this was back in uh, 2010, I was looking to cost roughly 5,000 plus mileage just to rent the RV for the week. Yeah. There were only a couple places that would rent burners. You could try and get around that, but it was pretty obvious if you were bringing it, picking it up on time and dropping it off on time, they kind of knew where you were going to be. Really? Yeah. They're very, I mean, it's a big deal to rent yeah. an RV and take it to the burn and bring it back because yeah. it puts it through a, a bunch of tests. So they, they, yeah, so they, they, they ask for, um, like extra deposit and I think we even know, like we've heard that they charge some, you more, they, yeah, there's some won't even do it. Right. I've heard. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So then they're just basing that on just the fact that your people are leaving at that time period. Like is the RV industry, the one industry that's just like aware, like if of exactly <laughs> where their RVs are going that time of the year, I always wonder. Rental trucks yeah, it seems well. like it. there's yeah. other, yeah. You know, I'm sure they know because there's been so many, all of a sudden people were on the day after Labor Day, people were bringing back these dusty campers that were, you know, basically trashed. <laughs> and so they had, so it probably only took one Burning Man for them to figure this out. What is it? Um, I mean, if they're, they're charging extra for cleaning, right, though? I mean, like, if, if you can bring it back clean, it's just like, how realistic is that? It's not just <laughs> the cleaning, though, because this last year, um, the winds were so great and if your rv is facing depending on the type of the rv if it's an a type and you've got the grill flat against the the wind all of that playa dust which is fine as talcum powder is blowing right into the engine yeah and so it's i mean yep your vents all your intakes everything gets yeah clogged with playa dust so that right there is my uh, like the thing that like messes with my head the most i'm always like concerned about equipment and machinery because I don't understand equipment and machinery. Right. Um, but I was thinking about like, you know, purchasing an RV from previous owners who are burners. That means all that playa dust that they're describing has been going into that RV that you bought. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I feel pretty fortunate because I think my burner owners were pretty, pretty anal guys. And so they kept the interiors really nicely clean. Mm. Um, sure, it had some wear and stuff interiorly, um, but yeah, I fixed it up too. You know, I, I re-cushioned, re-upholstered the cushions and stuff and made it not look nicer. So but what about I enjoy engine? that. Um, 
I had low mileage, so yeah. you know, you know, she had some problems which we fixed. Because um, that's another story we talked about that podcast, but <laughs> we managed to get it fixed, and um, then she runs great. Um, she hasn't been a problem um, except for the the dust apocalypse, which was in twenty fifteen. Was it fifteen? Yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen was the dust nuts. apocalypse, and on Tuesday there was so much dust all over the engine and engine parts and mechanical and wire connections. There was no longer any electricity running through, mm. so I couldn't start my generator. Mm. And okay. so that was an experience where now I bring a blower and I bring a can of air. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to dust those things off to keep electricity traveling because the alkaline powder, yeah. it just stops, you know... What DC, do you do you DC cross it. When are you dusting? Like, how often are you doing that? With the um, can of air? Yeah, so <laughs> the battery connections yeah. and then, um, you know, inside the RV, everybody has a place where, um, you know, all the wires come together and you want to just keep all that clean. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, again, like my, my personal fear with like RVs, I think it's the same thing that I see with art cars. Like, people say, like, Let's, we should build an art car. I'm like, fuck, I just feel like everyone who has an art car on Playa is tinkering with that goddamn thing literally the entire week. Oh, every day. <laughs> yeah. Every single day. Yeah. yeah. That's not fun for me at all. <laughs> well, well, being the most anal person in this group, I can tell you for sure I know this. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I... Um, spent, I spent it, uh, the last time we went, which was, uh, let's see, um, uh, 2017? Yeah, 2017. We, um, I, it took me, normally it takes me about a week to clean the RV when I get back. Mm-hmm. This time it took me about two weeks, wow. maybe even more, because we had to drive through a sea of dust that was about two feet deep. And if you stopped, you were stuck. So, because we, we left late. And all those cars just built up so much dust, and that meant the entire bottom of the chassis was completely encased in dust. I went, I looked, I took one look under the bottom of it, and the entire vehicle was just encased. Every nook and cranny had chunks of dust in it, and I had to poke it with sticks and stuff like that to get them out. And I, I was under there with goggles and a and 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 a, and a hazmat suit and my <laughs> and my power washer spraying every single component in the entire bottom of the RV to get in order to keep it to clean it out again. And um, funny story in 2006, the first time we took our RV in. Um, we bought it in July. We bought it brand new. We went to the uh, dealership near the Winnebago factory and picked it up. And it was in in, in July, and then what, in the end of August is um, Burning Man. So we went to the. Uh, it was one month old. Uh, the day we got there, it was a beautiful day, clear, no wind, no sun, sunny, beautiful. I opened up every window in the whole RV and was letting all this fresh air in. And I thought, and then we decided to take a little ride on our bike when that was mistake number one. (laughs) Number two was not closing those windows. We we were about a mile away and all of a sudden a a dust demon came by. I came back to the RV and it had been christened. The entire (laughs) RV was completely 
inundated with dust. You know, and, and I mean, it still smelled new, and it had all this dust in it. <laughs> oh, I almost died. Or oh, no, actually, I, I took it in stride. I, I shook out all the, the, the all the all the all the cloth items and cleaned up as good I could and enjoyed the rest of the the burn. It was a it was it was a christening. Um, but that is rule number one: never leave your RV. With all the windows open, or even one window open. <laughs> yeah, not even one. Oh, that might be good. Maybe we should just start a list of rules, and by the end of this episode, <laughs> we'll have our list. Oh, I mean, yeah, the things we've learned. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, guys, right, we, we take that uh, foam foil, mm-hmm. um, yes. and we put it around the windows, and we tape all the windows closed. As soon as you get into camp, it's the first thing you do and prevents any leaks of dust trying to get into your RV, right? That's yeah. I, I don't do that. We, we like to get some fresh air when we're... Yeah, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that. I, I do put uh, that... that Padded like the padded silver yes. uh, wind yep. blocking. I've cut them to exactly fit all the windows yep. and put them in there so that you. But you can take them out and you know on a nice day open up windows and, and get it, get some air in. But um, yeah. how do you do with how do you do with air when you tape it closed? Oh, there's the front. There's the main door with the yeah. screen, so okay. we have that. Yeah, <clears throat> and then I put a foam piece over my kitchen window. Mm. So since I have an awning, I have a foam piece there. So the foam kind of prevents. The dust from coming in, but at least some air gets to circulate. And yeah, if it's a nice day, I open up the tops. Yeah, just open up the door. Yeah, that was my our, last time we went. I my trick was to get it. We got a HEPA filter, uh, just some filter material. I cut out yeah. what uh, that fit one of the smallest windows in our RV, and it was on the corner, up above the in the above the cab. And then we have a a, 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 jet, a, a vent that's that's powered, and it was always on low. And so we always had fresh air coming through, and I had to change the vent filter probably about five times <laughs> during the during the week. But um, because it, it, it got impacted with so much dust, but yeah. at least that dust wasn't coming in. It was you know, but we're getting constant HEPA filtered uh, air, yeah. fresh air coming through. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah. Good move. Twenty fifteen. Um, funny enough, I think like that year helped me quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> really, like my last cigarette was Sunrise. Uh, burn night, and I just I just gave the rest of my pack away and did not pick up another one since. <laughs> so, I, don't, I don't know how people smoke on playa. Yeah, yeah. it amazes me. I mean, the first couple of years it was okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't because I, I think I was so wrecked and destroyed with all the other parts of my body trying yeah. to understand what's happening. What is this? Um, but yeah, no third year that was that was when quitting smoking happened. Uh, the I wonder. Um, I want to go around the room, and I, I wonder if. if if there is something that you know now that if you could go back to before you purchased your RV, um, you would have done differently based on the experiences you've had at Burning Man now. Does that question make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a chorus of hmm. I would, one of the things that comes to mind always with me in the RV and Burning Man is the use of the toilet. Um, because I would say the most important thing is to use it sparingly and to not not do number two in the <laughs> RV if at all possible mm. uh, because it is it, it it's a different experience when you're at an RV park and you can hook up attachments and everything just gets flushed away yeah. but if you're going to be on 
on playa and possibly 90 to 100 degree temperatures inside the RV, you know, if you're not running air conditioning and all that stuff, even with the best ventilation system, it can get rank. Mm. And then you have to think about you're going to be driving potentially for a while. There are places that are pretty close by that you can do a dump at if the line's not too long and if you manage to get out somewhere in the exodus where it's convenient to, you know, to do a dump from the RV. <laughs> um, but that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is, is peeing a pee jug and take to the porta potties mm. and only use that toilet. Mm, I have to I, protest. Yeah. I, that's the reason why I have my RV. I yeah. did not go into the toilets at the at, our, at Burning Man only about two times <laughs> the last time I was there. That's awesome. You just put those little little discs down the down, down the toilet to keep it from smelling. You have to do it every day. Usually they'll last like three days on a normal type of thing, but you got to put them in every day. And then and it doesn't smell wonderful, but at least I don't have to sit in that in those porta potties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and, and when it fills up, you just you know you have to pay a, a premium That's price true. to have those yeah. guys yeah. come and suck it suck it out of your out out of the yeah. um thing. But it's like fifty bucks, and it's a fifty dollars well spent to be able to to, to um. What is to, it? How often do you pay that fifty bucks? I only do it once. This is, so this is the the guys that they'll come around at the burn. Yeah. And do a. A dump for you? Yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, and it you takes just seconds. Down. Yeah, and then you can even buy portable water, but we didn't need to do that because mm. we brought enough. And nice. our camp had bought water, so yeah. water was not an issue. It was just that, and and I knew that that was going to happen. And I knew, you know, I figured I, you know, I, I try to be sparingly with it, and I also, you know, try, you know, had thoughts of like you about, you know, does this going to smell? And plus, we had four people in our RV, our little RV at, uh, the last time, and I thought this, you know. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I like going I like going in our bathroom. <laughs> and I like taking showers occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have to say at first, too, it's, it is about water conservation because I think our first year we overused the shower. And so our, our gray water filled up, I think, too quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you showering every day? Um, not every day. Every other day, probably, yeah. but still two people showering there. So now we have our own shower outside. We're very conservative. Um, It's even the way we clean dishes is totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're using water to rinse things off, then soaping it up. We Mm -hmm. actually have soap and water and a squirt bottle and that's what you clean with. So, um, they set up a little bit like a, like a, it's like camping, super Mm -hmm. camping for us in our RV. Um, and I don't mind it. I actually don't mind taking a shower outside behind. And then the rest of the camp, they have a shower. They get a used mm-hmm. hour shower. Um, I don't mind using the port loose so long as it's early, you know. Find the right one that <laughs> somebody's taking care of, too, which helps. Yeah. Like the, um, that lasts all week. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, definitely number twos are in that. We were next to one that was like a Prince tribute porta potty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there was like a purple carpet. Right. <laughs> like Prince photos in there. Oh, I found one. Lavender this smell. La- oh, yeah. This, this last year I found this Wafsy crystal yeah. oh, um, yeah. porta loo. Yeah. And that's where I was. That's it. Every day. Oh, morning coffee, go. Time to go. So, yeah, water conservation. So, yeah. learning how to conserve yeah. water is really a nice thing to do. Then you don't have to flag it down and pay 50 bucks and mm-hmm. you can get through the whole week. No problem. I, I tend to experience that it's, um, it's easier for me to go longer, not showering at the burn than like anywhere else I go because mm-hmm. it's so dry. Right. Um, 
you don't get that like swampy musty thing but around wednesday ish wednesday or thursday i feel like i need water in my body or i might go on a murder spree <laughs> so it's more more like psychological <laughs> sure yeah. yeah um but uh I think the water concert I'm like making notes here like I really do think we could have like a list of rules by the end of this episode <laughs> water <laughs> conservation that's pretty massive can you can you refill excuse me this is a dumb question can you refill like water like they do have water services okay. that do come around and you okay. can flag them down it's you can actually expensive. order them they are very it's mm-hmm. a premium definitely how mu- about how much are those do you know I, I, think, I think it's paid by a gallon yeah. like, you know, like a dollar seventy five a gallon it's different or sizes like for different RVs how do you sign up for that I usually just flag people. I've never done the water yeah. thing. I've done the, and, and the and the toilet thing. You, you just you just flag one of the guys down, and and if they don't happen to do it, they'll we'll radio somebody that will. Oh, the same guys that are going around doing the porta potties, yeah, the porta loos, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And that's another thing. As a city planner, you know, um, I'm thinking too about the the fifty foot cord that they can plug into, or the you know the hose. The, mm, okay. So they only have fifty feet. Yeah. So so where you everybody's t- toilet or poop exit from the RV yeah. has to be within fifty feet of the street. Yeah. So that's really you know tricky. Yeah. <laughs> things things to consider if you're considering getting an RV is also where you're gonna like place yeah. it within your camp. How right. access yeah. is gonna affect you? Yeah. Like with my with my with my tent, I can just plop up like. Anywhere. Bam! Right. Yeah. Anywhere, right. Yeah. Exactly. But then I have to go track down that Prince porter potty. <laughs> 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 this is really interesting. It's like this. This is the kind of stuff. And I think like um, uh, when thinking about potentially putting an investment in something, and like, and, and not just an investment in money, but also like time and focus and energy. These are all the all the things that you consider that come with it. Um, have you guys Have you guys camp tents, or have you always been in RVs? Oh yeah, I've done tent. That's how yeah. I started. At the burn. Yeah. Oh, not I never. Two done years of tents. Yeah. I did two years of tents also. Yeah. What What made you decide to switch to RV? I saw the comfort in it, yeah. and I'm not usually one to stay up really late, so I liked a little bit of that insulation. Yeah. That you could get. Um, you still hear music through the RV usually, but a set of earplugs along with the RV is yeah. really nice. Um, yeah, it was just it was a nice way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, also, it's just, like, such a normal part of Burning Man culture. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was, I remember there was there was a time, like, right, I feel like my first burn was about the end of that time period where you used to get, like, people say, oh, you're not burning right if you're in an RV. Um, and I used to hear that, but I haven't really heard that since my first year. <laughs> at this point, it's pretty much, like, normal. Because I think more and more exactly. people especially are, um, uh, like, this is such a normal part of our life. Uh, that it's like you, you know having all of your 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 ability to camp uh, compartmentalized into this piece of equipment basically it's like the same thing as you know trying to find storage and putting all your shit in there so it's helpful to have some of that already laid out have your comforts laid out know where things are going to go the RV is also a really good cornerstone for the camp itself mm-hmm. we used them this year to do a windshield so the tent people actually can come inside the courtyard that we create with the RVs on the outside that way the RVs have access, but the tents also get protected either by the awnings, by from the wind, whatever. So yeah. that's really nice for the tenters as well. Yeah. Now the, the windshield thing is massive. Um, I guess like that's part of what you have to try to figure out as a city planner too, is like how you utilize the windshield thing without like making it seem like you built a wall of RVs to your camp. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of nice to take those RVs and make a quadrangle and then see if you could get four tents within that inner core of that 
and then still have all these awnings that come off of the RVs and trailers and create this really cool shade space for everybody. If you're willing to risk your awning. (laughs) (laughs) What, What do you consider to be the biggest pain in the ass about having an RV? Every once in a while you're like, man, just didn't want to fucking deal with this thing at all today. Well, nothing while you're there, pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's when you get home. Yeah. 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 It's not, and you can't leave it sit for too long because that alkaline will destroy things. Yeah. So you got to pretty much jump on, on cleaning it. Yeah, and have a forbidden rains on the way home or something. Because uh, then that just activates the alkalines and apply dust and it's just a mix a mess and yeah. believe it or not what I usually do when I most people think I would think I'm crazy but I wax my RV before our RV before we go there because the wind the, it blows right off the dust right. doesn't stick hmm. and um, and I put uh, rain X on all the windows so then the windows don't get completely inundated with dust and um, I also make sure and put um, uh, uh, silicone on all the rubber seals and everything because that you know, rejuvenates any any all well, the rubber and prevents the wind from letting dust come through the, the like where the door cracks and all that kind of stuff are. Interesting. And uh, so it's I get a it gets a full detail like as if it's mm. like I'm trying to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> before going to Burning Man, which <laughs> and of course it doesn't look like it doesn't look it looks like hell within <laughs> one minute after being there. But you drive away and the dust blows right off, and you bring come home and you only really only have to just hose it down. Uh, it's just the underpinnings that have to be yeah. very scrubbed. interesting trick. Yeah, that's that's the trade of it, right? Isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, where there's a lot of pre and post, you know, work with an RV, but what, you just drive in and you're there. You have your closet yes. full of clothes. You've got your refrigerator with food. You know, you might have to just set up your awning, um, depending on what that is, mm-hmm. and a little bit of shade, and boom, you're you know, you and. Know. Yeah. special lights or whatever that is and you're good to go so once you're there that's the awesome part of it but there's definitely a ton of work before and after right the, the, the waxing thing is super interesting to me like i, I imagine it's like you know it what it's like, like it's like yeah it's it's, it's a good you know it, it, this is what it makes me think of eating a salad before i go out for the night um <laughs> 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 uh, my stomach will thank me later uh, with you know when i'm drinking mm-hmm. so it, it just uh, i wonder like if that's even something that you could potentially do if you're like renting so that it's easier to clean and get it back afterwards could be um, i don't know but i have to say that you know our friends rented the r an rv um, in our group and they went in and they taped plastic on all of the floor surfaces Mm -hmm. and all these other surfaces they taped everything with all of this you know painter's plastic tarp stuff and so you know, uh-huh. their cleanup was cleanup probably was a lot, a lot easier. easier. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's pretty smart, too. Now, the inside, you, uh, I've never found the inside to be all that bad. Even if it gets inundated with dust, it mm-hmm. comes up with a vacuum, and mm-hmm. you, have, you might have to do a little bit of shampooing of carpets if you have it, or shampoo the seats or something. Yeah. But the inside, you know, like, the inside doesn't really get bad. It's just that in outside stuff. And like the you, you mentioned about that, uh, we weren't there for this big ma- major dust storm. Before. I don't know who mentioned it. 2015, yeah. Yeah, where the, the dust, dust apocalypse, apocalypse thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but just the last one that we went to, uh, 2017, the, the dust came in and it was the, the entire um, engine compartment was complete because the dust was being flung in yeah. and it really it was it was the worst I'd ever seen in all the times we've ever been to Burning Man because usually it's just a you know 
get the power washer, spray it down, and you're done. Yeah. But no, and I had to change every filter, uh, all the, the the cabin filter and the and the engineer filter, which I, I did all I do it all the time because you take that thing out and it is just a complete mass of dust. Yeah. And um, so you got to change that kind of thing when you come home. Uh, otherwise, you're in, in fact it it might be a good idea to do it before you even after you leave the playa in Reno or something like that. At least knock the dust out of the air filter because it gets so bad that it, you know the engine's not getting any air. Yeah. But um, uh, pretty much it's just that all the in, uh, all the mechanics that need to be really back to back to spotless again and. Being anal like I am, I'm just I'm underneath there spraying all the the, the the brake cylinders and all the all that kind of stuff in there with the power washer. You got to have a power washer if you're if you're going to try to clean it yourself. Yeah. Because um, that's the only way you can really get in there and get that junk out. And and like I said last time, I was poking sticks to get chunks that wouldn't come out. It was yeah. so bad. Do you own a power washer, or do you, yeah. do you go into like one of the I mean, if you don't own one, can you go into one of these? You can go to a, yeah, you can go to like one of the car wash things, but you'd be spending lots of quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, power washers are you know sixty bucks or seventy bucks or something like that at Costco. You know, so when you're cleaning all this stuff off of the RV, is it in your driveway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so then does that cake onto the ground at all? It makes a nice little gray river. <laughs> uh, we live on a, slant, a tilted driveway, and it makes a nice little river going down. You kind of have to wait until the rains come to really uh, clean it off, or you can power wash it off, too. But it, 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 it yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, our neighbors are burners, and, and we always, and they usually rent a, um, some, a, a van, a truck, and, and, and pack all of their stuff in the back of the truck. And use that as a staging area. They have a yurt that they actually camp in, and then use the truck as a staging. But they wash it on the street, and you can see this plane of playa dust that is on the asphalt for mm-hmm. two or three weeks. Um, this year, I matched it with cleaning yeah. our RV out on the street. <laughs> so we had playa dust all along the neighbors. Your neighbors are not upset by this. I don't know, <laughs> but the asphalt's a nice tan color for two, you know, two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it matches the rust that comes a little bit. <laughs> that's, <right>. that's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, that that was that was one of the other many things I thought about. It's like, oh no, I hope my you know neighbors don't get upset at me that I'm getting all this stuff off my tent and off this right. and off that. Mm-hmm. But like the, what you're describing kept, some, kept just making me think of um, man. Like I usually get back and I don't start cleaning anything for like a week. <laughs> you don't yeah. get to do that with an RV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you come back and you're immediately in work mode. Right. But it just, it, there's a lot of people that will refuse to take their RV, like people that are like with these big monstrous Class A RVs that they don't, you know, they don't usually even camp in the dirt at all. Right. They refuse to take them thinking it's going to be ruined. And it's, I can tell you that it's not going to be ruined. Mm-hmm. You just have to be diligent in cleaning it. And if you don't want to clean it, you could find somebody who can detail it for you. Um, if you have a million dollar motor home, you probably can afford to do that. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, the lay person can, with, with a power washer and a stick, can you know completely bring it back to the way it was when you bought it from the yeah. from the from the dealer. So, have you? Do any of you guys have experience with campers, like right. the trailer campers? I'm just wondering if there's like differences in um, like. It's basically just you know all of the stuff you would get in an RV, but you put it on your truck or something, right? Or and you're not talking like a travel trailer, like an airstream trailer. Yeah, kind travel of thing. trailer. Yeah, something like that. I, I I can't imagine it being any different than yeah. other than it'd be easier to clean. There's no engine to deal with. Right. There's probably the wheel wells and the uh, and the brakes, mm-hmm. the uh, trailer brakes, and just the underpinings of the of the of the of the, of the, of the trailer need to be cleaned. 
Yeah. You need to have all the filters or generators yeah, and all that there's stuff. Nothing, there's nothing to, to deal with. Yeah. What is, um, what is sort of like something that uh, you did not expect would be the greatest advantage to having an RV versus <clears throat> versus uh, camp tenting or other other kinds of camping experiences? What was something that you were just like, man, I really did not expect this to be one of my favorite parts of being able to experience the burn in an RV? Taking a nap with the AC in the middle of the day. I mean, honestly, midweek, you're all exhausted. It suddenly gets to 100 and something degrees outside and you turn on the air conditioning and the generator and say, everybody, come on in, we're taking a nap. Everybody comes in and crashes in the air. You know how it is after you've got the robo heart and then you go to bubbles and bass and now it's 10 a.m. You've been up all night. It's so nice to go in a pitch black RV and put on the AC and sleep till 4 p.m. and do it again. (laughs) That is the bomb. (laughs) That's a good one. You guys don't have anything. You just you always knew what the advantages were. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean, just 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 since I've never been in a tent, I can imagine that it being in. A, I mean, just we had tents that we put store where we stored things in, and got completely inundated with dust. It's nice being able to get away from the dust in the RV. And even though there's dust in there, it's not swirling around in 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 in, in your face. Yeah. So and 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 definitely sleeping at night is 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 is. You know, I, 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 I kind of like hearing that yeah. noise from the music uh, through the walls of the RV. You still hear it, but it, it actually puts me to sleep. So yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I like that. No, I know the feeling. I completely agree. I think there's actually a, um, a friend was saying that there's like a space. When you, so it's not, not in an RV, obviously, but like when you're like somewhere um, out in open playa where like all the sound is coming at you from different directions mm-hmm. where it almost sounds like you're um, in a womb. Um, yeah I I think the dark the dark the darkness thing for sure like that I would imagine that to me as a tent camper would be the thing that I would love to experience because I'm I have like a personal rule like I don't want to see the sunrise I want to see it like one night I get it out of my system I'm like all right well I don't want to do that again because I don't want to be a zombie the whole next day (laughs) and I that's I don't know my thing um but uh also uh when dust storms come just like seeking refuge you know, in a tent versus versus a RV, I imagine it's going to be the ultimate um, advantage in that situation. Well, one of the things I also that, that we found is that it's become a community center. So if it's a bad dust storm and you can't be out in your shade space, people come into the RV and right. they hang out and they're doing whatever. They're doing crafts or they're doing artwork or you're doing tarot readings or, or just taking a nap. So it becomes a, a, a little inner sanctuary where the whole camp can come and or guests that are coming in off the off the street. He said crafts. At least said crafts at first. <laughs> crafts. People are shooting yeah, dice on the floor. Doing, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remembered one of the a, 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 a little guilty pleasure mm-hmm. is when you even though you're not going to take a shower, you get to take your shoes off or your sandals or whatever you had on, and you can go into the shower, and all you have to do is just rinse your, your feet off. off. And put some uh, Dr. Bronner's soap on it, rinse them off, and your feet, having your feet clean and getting into the bed is just like luxury. (laughs) Yeah. Joel just made an orgasmic face. (laughs) I'm thinking about that. And And all the lotion you put on, and then you put on the socks and keep your, from getting pie foot. It's awesome. Yeah. It's super nice. I for me and my RV, which is an older RV, is... The disadvantage is actual the the travel 
time. And, you know, the stress of driving an RV and going slower and the problems an RV can have as opposed to when you're in your vehicle and it's just in the backpack where you could still go 80 miles an hour all the way up mm-hmm. and the time goes in 12 hours. It's just, it can take a long time for that RV to make it there, you know. That's... Yeah, yeah. And back. And back. Mm-hmm. Going back. That's the only thing. You want to go faster. But, you want um, to get home. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good idea to make the plan, plan that it's going to take longer and cut it up. Cut Don't it up. try to make yeah. it all in one day or whatever. Do it, you know, partway. Stop in Reno for the night before or one of the Fernley campground areas or one of those kind of things. Something along that line and just take your time. And it gets you, it it, it makes me feel better about going to the, the burn too, being calm. Especially when I was working and having to, you know, take a couple of extra days off, which... Were kind of, was kind of difficult. It was it was still something that you, you eased you into not being stressed directly to the, to the playa. It was it was taking right. a, doing six hour drives each day to go to the to, to get up here. So yeah. I didn't care that I was going going sixty five. Well, the other thing too of, of stopping in Reno the, the night before is going to a salad bar all you could eat <laughs> out of your system because yes. perishable fruits and vegetables. Um, they're a luxury towards the end of the week. Yeah. yeah. Even in an RV. And plus you get to do the last dump, the last tank fills, yep. the last, you know, gro- grocery store runs to get everything that you last need. And you know. Well, that is, that is one thing, uh, not filling up the water tank before you leave to go. If you can delay filling up the water tank, um, until you get close to get to Burning Man, you're saving... Um, I have a secret spot in Fernley there, not too far from the Walmart. See, it's secret. I'm not going to share. It, <laughs> and, um, later, I, that's, that's where I fill up. That's not very community-minded of me. <laughs> we always ask permission, and they always say yes. <laughs> it's used to go fill up the water. It's just like a, yeah. not like a normal spot. That's interesting. It's a, it's a spot. Yeah. And so, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> So we go up with no water almost. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if they're still, we hadn't done it the last two times, I think. There was a campground there right in Fernley with a, you know, a nice old couple that when, you, when we pulled in and asked, you know, can we dump our tanks there? And they were like, charge like two bucks yeah. to, to dump oh, the tanks gosh. there. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then right next door was a, was a car wash that was big enough to drive an RV in. And we had our bikes and stuff like that on racks on the back. And we, I just did a quick, power wash, bump off and clean the windows so you can see out to drive and whatever and uh, did a little and because I waxed it, it looked yeah. like it was new. Okay. <laughs> uh, don't look like you're coming back. It didn't look like it was coming back from Burning Man. Other than, uh, I, think had, I think we had stickers on it that said uh, we're changing the name from uh, Navion to Burning Man Nation or something like that. <laughs> so water last minute, that's a really good advice. That's a good tip. Um, the fridge thing that you're mentioning, um, you're saying perishable items, even with having a fridge, is an issue towards the end of the week. Can be. Yeah, so they're they're smaller than mm-hmm. you expect, and you can you can put limit. You know, it's difficult to get a full week's worth of clothes or clothes uh, food in a in a an RV refrigerator. Yeah. So you have to be, you know, judicious about what you're bringing for the in refrigerator, but uh, or supplement it with coolers, right? And ice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Coolers and ice. Yeah, for drinks and things yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, stick them in a cool, in a little, in a you know, in a nice cooler that 
you know, you can just get the ice from, yeah. from the Yeah, you still have to be camp. really Burning Man smart about what you're bringing. You, know, you can't bring that cantaloupe because there's nowhere to throw it. Yeah. You can't, mm-hmm. even in your RV, you know, it, people think about, oh, it's The, the watermelons, people bring full watermelons instead of cutting it up and putting it in bags. Right. <laughs> you can keep things, you know, you do have a little freezer usually, but it's not huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one year I actually kept a little box of ice cream till the end of the week. Even that was melted, yeah. so it had gotten melted Klondike and frozen. Bars. Klondike yeah. bars. <laughs> there was one year that like I could not escape ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even eat ice cream sandwiches awesome. like a default, and somehow like I had like 17 ice cream sandwiches this whole year. Yeah. It might have been during the dust apocalypse. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that also helped me quit smoking. I was just <laughs> ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about dust storms, but we didn't talk about. Wind storms or rain storms, storms or electrical yes. storms like we had in 17. Yeah. And so a, a motorhome being off the ground, being rigid, um, being, being uh, watertight, um, it's another place where you can not have to leave. You can keep your shoes off. You don't have to scurry around to another structure. Um, you could go to the bathroom if you needed to. There's creature comforts. Um, you could just wait the storm out because you're you're really not supposed to be out after a rain or during a rain because the uh, the mud yeah and um, and so it's a good place to just be able to uh, wait out the storms chill yeah just the cakes all around you too when you try to get around mm-hmm. um, is with electrical storms is there like any fear that a metal RV is attracting electricity. <laughs> it's funny you should ask. <laughs> I had an aluminum pole with a flag on it and a beacon on the top of our RV, and we had a there was an electrical storm, and all of a sudden, I think we were in the RV and we heard this noise, like arcing, arcing noises. And I'm thinking, what is the world is this noise? And we went out, and there, there from the from the from the pole to the it was arcing from the from the pole, and it was in a plastic or a fiberglass sheath thing but there were two bolts that hold the thing to the rv and um and so there was it was arcing on the screws oh wow and we were trying to figure out you know is this going to be an issue is it going to like blow up the rv it's got an lp gas and turning off the lp and I mean, what is going to what's going to happen and we're we, we, we tried to get the pole off of the the the, 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 little, the little holster and we're trying to figure out what we can do and Rich goes out and gets a gets a, a pot holder and touches it and immediately the electricity comes right through so it was it was charged. very much charged oh, finally we were able to pick it off with a couple of sticks and it hit and it grounded to the earth and, and no more no more uh, electrical charge yeah. but one rule of thumb is not using a, a metal a flagpole, you know, so <laughs> take it down in, yeah. a, in, in, a, in a storm. Connected to your RV. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty scary. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it could have caused any problem with the electronics or something like that, or the you know the computers in the in the in the, in the, in the, the RV, but it never didn't cause any problem. Did it hurt or anything? Didn't, didn't hurt anything, but it was just it was it was a very interesting, bizarre thing that I've never seen before. Yeah. Don't have any of the propane tank. <laughs> so that's actually a perfect uh, transition, by the way, because my, my question was going to be, I don't remember what year it was. We had somebody's RV that was in our camp, and they had an alarm going off. Um, alarm? And it may have been like a gas, like a propane oh. gas thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how it was resolved, but I remember we were pretty like distressed for a while trying to figure out how to solve this thing. So I guess like my next question was going to be uh, that, like if I'm 
camped with RVs and we start hearing alarms. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people who have no idea what's going on in those situations? Like, what are the alarms that it has? There's one for well, there's propane. propane. Yeah, yeah. Carbon propane. monoxide, usually. Uh-huh. There's a fire, just like a house. There's a fire smoke, smoke detector. Smoke detector, yeah. But um, there is an LP gas one, which is probably the one that it was going off. They, mm-hmm. they, they, um, if there's any kind of gas leaking or like somebody leaves a, a burner on the stove on a little right. bit, it'll, it'll start going off. But normally it's just turn the find find where it's leaking and turn it off and air out the RV yeah. and it's done. Yeah. But um, that, that's one thing is usually you can find somebody that can help with with problems in a, with an RV because uh, there's so many people that have been right. so many years going to the burns with RVs and if some there's going to be someone you could find that can help fix it even even major problems I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think generally that's the uh, burning man experience. You know, like. Uh, yeah, we were working on a journey project that was part of the conversation that we had at one point. We were trying to figure out some technical thing that I don't remember the details of, but uh, but it was kind of like we took the gamble that we'll just go ahead and, you know, be at the burn and then figure, like somebody will come along to figure it out because that, that's happened with so many different projects. I don't know if that worked in that particular situation, <laughs> but, uh, but that's happened a lot too, which is like there, there's, there will be somebody there, like there will be somebody there who's had the experience who you can go ask. Um, and they can come and give their two cents. And one thing I've definitely experienced, I think you're a prime example of it. Like when you're, when you have the technical, uh, interest and prowess in a particular field, like you do really enjoy geeking out about it. Like you, you really enjoy talking about the RV. <laughs> I remember we talked about it quite a bit in our drive to Arizona. I'm like, yeah, there's like so much information here. I'm not going to remember most of this because like, I'm not a technically minded person. Um, but yeah, a lot of what this is coming back to is like, yeah, it does take a lot more pre-preparation. There's a lot more stuff you got to do afterwards. Like you got to take care of it. There is more money you got to throw at like the cleaning of it if you're going to use your toilet. <laughs> right. Um, but I've also been in RVs where they obviously hadn't done that and they were just okay with it. <laughs> it was <laughs> pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about an RV is it's it's big and it's hollow. But and you can take a lot of stuff, but you have to secure it, mm-hmm. and so that's the thing of when we went in seventeen and we had two two people that didn't understand the rules of the RV. <laughs> yeah, you can take a lot of stuff, but you have you have to make sure that if there's a an accident, that stuff is going to propel. So you've got to, you've got to secure it. So gear adrift, oh, you've right. got to secure, uh, and that's why for the past several years we've t- we've actually towed a trailer behind our RV so we could put the stuff in there. Mm. Oh, that's really smart. Just yeah, a little yeah. tiny utility trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not some big monster, but just a, something something to keep things in and to cart uh, generators and, yeah. you know, dirty things. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've definitely been in RV situations where, like, I mean, you just, you, you break hard enough and uh, all of a sudden a projectile is coming from the back yeah. towards you. Right. Or you hit a bump or just anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What what do you guys consider to be the greatest challenges that you've had taking RVs specifically to Burning Man? Could be logistical challenges. Uh, are there bureaucratic challenges? <laughs> when you drive in, is it just the same? Is it the same car pass that gets it to you? It's the same vehicle pass. Okay. Um, which they, in some ways is great because we, we take four or five or six people mm. plus all their gear in our RV usually when we go up. So we always take other people. So we don't need as many vehicle passes for the camp, for example, which is nice. And we can tow a trailer if we need to, so we can bring extra gear and bikes. And we throw stuff on the roof. 
every year we've been throwing something from the projects or from the camp on the roof. Um, so for my RV, at least it's big enough and it's got roof space and bed space and storage space. And we just, <laughs> yeah. Now, what's nice about it also with that sense is we have multiple drivers, so we can just rotate through drivers. Everybody gets a shift gets four hours up and then you're there. Yeah. yeah. You can relax and read or even take a nap on your way up. If you've got that, that's definitely the advantage. Like, so I, I mean, I have a pretty hard rule now about don't, you know, don't go that marathon 24 hour drive because yeah. <laughs> you'll get there and you're just a zombie. And it's a miserable experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, with RVs, like if you have multiple drivers, like you can shift through and keep going. So even though you're driving slower, <laughs> you're right. technically not stop if you have other drivers with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's helpful. Um, but other than that, no other thoughts are coming to you about advice, like interesting challenges that have come up about taking RV to burn for listeners to consider that they might not have considered? I think, you know, maybe if it's your first RV, mm-hmm. I would take it out someplace and get used to all of the yeah. whistles and bells. I know um, I've, had, I've, I've had several people want to rent our RV, like the two years we took off. And I wouldn't do it because, no, to drive our RV, first you have to do this, then you have to do this, then you have to do this, then you have to do this. And there is like a 20-item checklist for Command Central to say, we are go for launch. Mm. It's a lot of stuff. (laughs) I have an old, old RV, though. So it has a way, you know. And (laughs) even UPW doesn't know all of the ways. So I'm the guy in charge of the rv you know it's like oh well joel can't drive because you know he's drunk and passed out now so how do we go home (laughs) (laughs) well so yeah i would say take it out if you're buying a a used rv take it someplace for a weekend and see what those bells and whistles are and see how it operates don't go Right into the burn. To the burn. Yeah. Yeah. And don't go to a... Figure it out. And don't go to a campground that you can plug in. you got to go dry camp. Yeah, go to the desert someplace. Why isn't the refrigerator working? Yeah. Why, you know, why? Exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. excellent advice. Yeah, go to the gym a little bit before you show up to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes. You were going to say something. Um, the, the, watch some videos. There's there's videos and, and other things out there about RV camping at the burn. Um, one of the things we use even here at the home, and I think Joel was mentioning it was a spray bottle with soap and water in it and we put vinegar in it. Mm-hmm. So it's about like one tenth soap, one tenth vinegar, and then eight tenths water in a spray bottle. And we use that to clean everything, our hands, the dishes, yeah. Uh, yes, rainwater exactly. fills up really fast in an RV. It's yes. a very small container. And so it fills up really quickly in the first year or even two years I had it, we, got filled up and couldn't find a pump out. And so we're stuck. We can't put anything in the water. It's starting to come up in the shower and wow. you know, it's not pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you just got to be really cautious and cognizant of that. And so now we, this year we didn't even use two thirds of our water. We were so good with our water usage and we did go out exactly. to porta potties and, you know, use those instead of we're so much the better. toilet yeah. <laughs> and didn't have to do any pump out at all and still had room to take showers at the end of the week, mm-hmm. which is really a blessing going yeah. off playa, having showered and still have room in the gray water. So yeah. well, there's lots of opportunities for uh, getting clean at Burning Man. That's true. And 
you know, the, the RV is a convenience, but it's, you know, if you want to get involved with the community, you've got, you know, Dr. Bronner's and mm -hmm. the human car wash and a lot human of other carcass, things. Yeah. Because uh, to go back to some of the storage things about the uh, refrigerator, uh, we take, you know, lots of soda and canned stuff, beers and things that we put in the shower. That's kind of a storage unit for us. And then as one or two cans come out of the refrigerator, then, you know, a couple more coins. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Cool. Or you throw them in the ice with cooler, you can get ice there. So you just yeah. throw them in the ice with cooler. Mm -hmm. You throw the cans in the ice with cooler? Yeah, once you get there, you can you know, buy the ice. And, oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. Rather than using your refrigerator space for your... I somehow, I'm sorry, I mis I misinter I, somehow I interpreted that as like making new ice things. <laughs> that was like, whoa, what's this new hack that I'm doing? <laughs> well, we do ice sculptures in our own. Yeah. <laughs> what is, um, is there something that's a, uh, that is a more common mechanical or electrical problem with RVs in general that are not perhaps as common with normal cars for people who are not as tires? Tires. You want to make sure that you've got good tires, and you've got the and you've got the right pressure in your tires before you leave for any, uh, to go on a long trip. You, you know what else I've seen? Um, green. When I say green, uh, newbies mm. who've rented an RV, but they do the is green. they leave the lights on mm. and they burn out their battery, mm. and <laughs> that is a huge problem. So, be cautious that you do have to run your generator or run a generator that plugs into your RV occasionally to keep things up and going. Now I actually have solar panels, so I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And all my lights are LED, every right. single one. LED lights. Are so so yes. um, there's less strain on that battery. Okay. And so you use basically nothing. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can leave them on all night and you don't do it, but you, you can and it's not yeah. a big issue. God, LED lights inside my camper, LED lights outside everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had an RV... Uh, this last year at Draft Punk, and it had to be, um, the battery had to be hit twice mm. with jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> twice in one week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, come on. Does it affect that at all as well? Well, that did for me in 2015, that mm. that's another issue. You know, so all that dust got on the inverter and I couldn't get it going. Um, so that means be prepared, right? Have extension cords to get to somebody else's generator. Um, that's why now I have solar panels because I need electricity if something goes wrong. Right. So it's just you, every year we become more and more prepared for the absolute worst and we have more and more tools. Yeah. And, um, that just comes with experience. Yeah. No, it is, it is a weird, uh, burner culture addiction <laughs> of like, how do I, like every year you're like, I'm going to do this step differently next year, you know? And so I imagine it's the same thing with RVs. <laughs> next year, I'm going to put this thing on this thing and move this thing around here and tie this thing, this thing, and this will never happen again. Exactly. <laughs> and it, I swear, like a lot of people just keep going. I mean, I've talked to like some like bitter old school burners that like, I swear they just keep going back just because they're addicted to that thing. Like yeah. next year I'm going to yeah. do it better. Yeah. I don't even want to be here. I got to get, get the new thing. Yeah. I'm going to have four solar work. panels instead of just three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just so I can prove that I did it. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Exactly. Uh, I would say electrical is probably the biggest thing you need to be aware of because it's different yeah. than just your car. You've got the batteries for the cabin as well as the battery for the, the, the engine. And I didn't know a lot about it. And we had a burner there this year 
who's a veteran burner, but rented a friend's RV for the first time. And essentially it was just a big tent because his batteries were dead the first day. We jumped them once, got them going, and then the next day they were dead again. And essentially they were just bad batteries. But if you don't know that or you could, we couldn't figure it out, we, couldn't, we had all kinds of stuff going on trying to get him going. So eventually we just had to let him get jumped at the end of the burn and he just had this big empty shell for the, the week. We didn't get to use the refrigerator or anything because mm. the batteries were bad. Mm. So make sure you know how that electrical works because there's, I have three different fuse panels, one I didn't even know about until this year <laughs> because the battery wasn't working and I had to take it to someone and it's just, it's really, if you don't know that kind of stuff, yeah. it, it got to be familiar with it or find out somebody who knows it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. it's like, you know, you can explain things. That, uh, we're hoping with this show that people will be able to listen to some stuff and they'll spark ideas like, oh, right. maybe this is something I should check out. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it's until you go through the experience, it's probably not going to set in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Joel's suggestion that you take it out for a run, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, go to the gym before you go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And go to burner events, go to regional burner events, you know, other than just going to Burning Man because you're then meeting other people that have RVs that have likely gone to, pre, you know, maybe have gone to a Burning Man and you're going to get educated on, on or learn something new or right. get a great ideas. idea, mm-hmm. find out how to make a, your own awning rather than, you know, buying one from a from a distributor mm. um, so it's I think it really is and and to go to BLM properties or rather than you know to a, to a park where you're gonna hook it up yeah I think that's really important do you want to talk about awnings Joel at all because I'm just, just about to ask about <clears throat> you guys ours is uh, yeah ours is you know um, taping scotch taping <laughs> paper clips and stuff but because um Jim lost the awning in 2010, I believe it was, yeah. because I went to 2011 and it was already gone. Because yeah. <laughs> so, um, I watched the a dust devil tear it right off the side of his yeah. RV. Yeah, and I don't know if he had that thing staked down with straps not. and stuff, which not. is a we big mistake. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, but strapping it down or wh- whatever you guys do with your awnings, I don't know, but ours was a half a carport. We sawed it in half and created our own semi-structural awning, mm. and um, and it slides into where the old RV welt ah, is okay, at the okay. top. Every RV has a welt, a metal sort of um, seam channel, channel. channel. Mm-hmm. and on both sides, and we kept it the same side as the door, of course, mm-hmm. and we just created our own scratch. Yeah, and the awning just on goes it. on the one side. It's only on the one side, and it straps down, and we got rebar and the whole nine yards. So it's not going to go anywhere. If it would break, it would break at that welt. Mm. It was that's probably where it would rip. So that's okay. I've seen some people um, bring out like their like like the Costco carports Mm -hmm. and park their like little camper RV things underneath that for like additional shade. Right. Mm -hmm. Like excellent. Yeah. Do you um. With your RVs, have you found that to be at all? Well, they're too. They're, that's too small. They're, they're, yeah, they're too small. You yeah. have to have, you'd have yeah, to buy an industrial-sized yeah. one that would cost like so much money and not <laughs> worth the trouble. Yeah. Yeah, but a, a van could probably do that or something like that, but not a not a not turning a, on the air conditioning every once in a while is gives you the fix that you need. Yeah, and most 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 RVs are white or light colors. It doesn't really get 
sizzling hot. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Yeah, the other thing I've seen too is that I've started to see people use those like reflective um, silver panels that yes. they'll start covering like their RVs with. Yes. Which I also wonder if that's going to make like helicopters crash at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> definitely think that reflects some of the heat out. Yeah. Have you experienced any challenges specifically connected to the heat in the RVs? Other than that, it's hot. <laughs> that I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. The only thing that we have, again, with our older RV, is the refrigerator cannot cool down, mm-hmm. and so I have a I have a process, you know. So I, um, well, today we have those, you know, packs that you get in your food that comes to your door, and they have mm-hmm. those little frozen re, re, reusable packs you can mm-hmm. use. And so I wrote to take them through the freezer and into the refrigerator. So every few hours I'm constantly rotating them just to keep the um, our refrigerator on the hot, hot days cool yeah. enough to keep, you know, from things from spoiling. But that's the only thing we have, I think. Yeah. It doesn't ever feel that hot, but yeah. The food spoiling things yeah terrifies me yeah yeah but like our refrigerator if it's 110 out it will not it's hard for it to keep up yeah we don't seem to have too much of a problem i have a little fan that i put in there that circulates the air inside of it but it doesn't seem to cause any you know you can tell like it's not as cold Mm. the beer isn't quite as cold (laughs) but but it's um but it's not dangerously um warm so yeah i mean I'm less worried about the beer and more about the bacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep it in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. you need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like probably the most common um, newbie thing that you guys observe uh, is probably people assuming that it's just like driving your house out to the thing, <laughs> where it's not. Like it's, you know, there's all these different things you got to take into consideration. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's definitely, it it is, it's work. It's not, it's not a free ticket, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you, can you think of any other um, uh, advice regarding that particular side of it? Like it's my first time just even owning an RV, you know, like your advice was of course like that's spot on, like go somewhere, go to BLM land, go try it out, play around, tinker. Like what are some of the things that you would recommend like to pay attention to um, that a lot of times like people don't consider? Well, some of them have already been mentioned about the water issue. There's a lot of people that will start brushing their teeth and leave the water running. Mm. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding. We'll have guests in there, and they'll be washing their hands, and they're running the water. And I think you realize that that you probably used one-fifth of our tank with just washing your hands. You have to just put it on, splash, you know. But you have to, like, kind of learn this kind of thing. The the only way you can learn it is all of a sudden you'll turn the knob, and then water comes out, and you've only been at your campsite for one and a half days. Yeah. Because the you know so it's it's really you know it's really trial by fire. I, I would imagine <laughs> part of it is also like so. This is interesting. I would imagine part of the challenge would also be um, uh, like RV etiquette when you're not the RV owner, <laughs> yes. and how you communicate that to people that are coming into your RV space. Right. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel free to open. <laughs> you know, there? it's an interesting thing because. Um, like Brett has said too, you know, the RV can come become a really great social space. Yeah. You know, there's the living room set up and then people come in. But it is how do you communicate when um, I'm in the RV or we're in the RV and we need our private space, yeah. you know, um, 
And yeah. so, and you know, it doesn't matter what festival we're at. That's kind of sort of the thing. Um, obviously, other festivals, it's easier because the door will be open and the screen will be just there. That means anybody could come in any time. Sure. You know, if the door's closed, then... But at Burning Man, you're going to keep it closed most of the time because you don't want any of the dust to get in there. So um, I guess that's tricky. Yeah, 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 definitely. I would, I, 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 I'm like just imagining that, that situation and explain to somebody like, uh, can you not use up all of our water? <laughs> oh, you got to tell them that. Yeah. It's like, there, there's, that's, that's, that's a given. Yeah. You can wash. Can I wash my hands? Yeah, but you know, just remember. Use the spray bottle first. <laughs> you don't use any water. Just yeah. suds it up, or use a foaming. Foaming soap's really good because you don't need any water to to start it, yeah. and it rinses off quicker. Do you um, do you guys have plans for your RVs? Is there so it's at, on that topic of the addiction to next year? I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> What's your plan for this next year? To do differently or better or, or you know more efficiently since uh, your last. <laughs> Last well, mine's a, you know, mine's a design detail. I'm like, I want to get rid of the carpet in the RV and then put down all of the waterproof linoleum planking so that um, basically you just take a mop and you're done because that carpet holds so much dust. Yeah. So that would be my update to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Carpet. <laughs> I'm thinking solar. Solar, solar. solar and getting the rest of the LED lights. We have... Like every other light is LED, so we'll know which ones to use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but the rest of them are still the old bulbs. But there were like 25 bulb lights in my RV, and I just couldn't do it at the time, and they yeah. were so expensive. Solar's the ago. bomb, guys. It's yeah. the bomb. It's come, come so down happy. way down now, so yeah. you can get the bulbs. What sort, of a, what sort of a general ballpark cost do you think people would be looking at for like a solar conversion for the RV? If you do it. Professionally, it's going to be around <laughs> between two and three thousand dollars. I've already gotten a bid okay. uh, with inverters and the whole nine yards, so you can run the microwave with your with your solar panels and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, but just to get a general setup, just charge your batteries, which is really the, what, what most people do. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you over a thousand dollars to have it probably professionally installed, or maybe maybe more close to like two. But you can do it yourself and get it for yeah, a lot but, less um, than that. You the, get portable ones. Yeah, the kit I got. On Amazon was probably around two fifty, two sixty four, someplace right. in there, and it's great. And we just, I take it up, and I only use it when I need it. It's not permanently installed, so there's some setup every time. Mm. But so what? It's worth it. How long is that setup? Well, the first time, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the first time was like hours, but now it's twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Twenty minutes set up to plug in. Okay, that's yeah, cool. yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. fast. Yeah, that's not bad. I saw a really cool one one time. It was at a RV show or something where it has a tracking mechanism that actually mm-hmm. tracks the sun. Uh, tracked the sun so that you got the most use out of one panel. Uh, and that would have been you know, uh, that would be a good thing to have but the only thing is at Burning Man it would be blown over and destroyed <laughs> I just know it I was looking at that I was thinking Burning Man that would be perfect but no it's not perfect and all the little gears and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> with dust it would, probably wouldn't work yeah. <laughs> what other um, I, so our man we've talked about multiple times uh, obviously Utopia Joel you, uh, you've taken um, your RV too a couple of times what other events have you guys experienced um, with the RVs? Uh, Big Gwinox, of course. Um, Big Gwinox, the LA regional burn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now they're going to be on new properties. 
we went to Synergy, the Southern Nevada Regional Gathering, and we were in a in a pasture that earlier that day cows and horses had defecated on, <laughs> and the and they'd also been irrigating it, so it was still wet. Yeah. So level, like leveling <laughs> leveling a motorhome is extremely important yeah, for, for the proper operation of the refrigerator. Uh, and in in other things, I mean, so well, just to be comfortable, <laughs> too. Yeah, but, but um, but especially the refrigerator sewer lines. Leveling means leveling on you know, like very the flat surface, right? So or the can... ability to make it flat. So yeah. extra jacks or or ramps or boards. boards. Yeah, mm. they yeah, have lifts, yeah. RV lifts that are like buildable, so you can have one tire up five inches and another one down two. Luckily the playa in Burning Man is the most perfect right. <laughs> yeah. Just pull, pull right in, there's no leveling. It's the greatest yeah. thing ever. Right. It's <laughs> absolutely flat. For that. Yeah, so I was just thinking the same thing at Symbiosis for uh, the Eclipse Festival. <clears throat> yeah, there were lots of hills and it was in cow pastures and yeah. so there was some serious leveling that had to yeah. take place. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine sometimes in situations like that, like one side of it might even sink a little bit over the couple of days if you know mm-hmm. if it's, if it's moist, wet. right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. You're you're the professional in this particular <laughs> field. I don't think I've had any sinking per mm-hmm. se, because um, there hasn't been like a rainstorm someplace else other than Burning Man. Yeah. But um, I could see that happening. Yeah. yeah but that's what, we, what Rich said that uh, we experienced at Synergy was the sinking because we we did have to re 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 move. We had to move and redo it because it was continuously going out of level. Mm. Yeah. But we, um, we got stuck in Joshua Tree. <laughs> stuck in the sand. We were at a campground outside the park, but it wasn't an official campground area. Yeah. <laughs> we got stuck in loose sand, and actually we had to. Put things underneath the wheels and keep moving it forward and pinching mm-hmm. it forward. It's, it's they're mm-hmm. big and heavy and it, they'll they'll go down. Yeah. But Burning Man's never been a problem for that. I don't think. Mm-hmm. No. The only problem was leaving when we left in twenty seventeen. We were you know when we left late and the the, the dust was so thick. Mm-hmm. Not not from rain. It was just just the dust. As you were driving through it, the wheels were gone, and uh-huh. and there were several vehicles that stopped and then they never could move again. Yeah. yeah. So you had to keep on going. So you're like. We, it was like a, a video game. You're like yeah. going around cars that were all stuck in the dust. It was crazy. Yeah. I could not. I never saw dust so thick of dust ever. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> that was a crazy year. I feel like that was the year that um, I, I spoke to multiple veterans who were like, "No, this is my last one. <laughs> I'm done." <laughs> that, that, that was the year that broke a lot of people. <laughs> um, what events are you looking forward to going to in the coming couple of years? Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to go to Utopia again. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Like That's Utopia. a standard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Utopia's a standard, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Well, yeah, no, the new location for Bequinox, mm. then. Yeah. That should be neat to see what that's going to be like out there in California City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. That should be fun. I'm curious to see what happens when burners start establishing more, even, you know, the long-standing infrastructure because it's like that's their own land now they can right. do whatever they want exactly that's going to be interesting uh any final pieces of tips and advice things that didn't fit into any other parts of what we were describing that you would love to share with listeners who are new to RVing or burning with RVing one of the i have a couple i had written down when i was not <laughs> just today 
One of them was uh, putting things in clear plastic boxes or those those plastic boxes that are kind of thin. Right. I guess they call them sweater boxes. And you put your, uh, you know, stuff that, and then put a sticker on it, and then you could stack them in a spot in your RV, yeah. and then you could just pull the stuff out to for for organization purposes. Really, is it rather than putting them in those big tubs that you have to dig? If you put a get a bunch of the little thin boxes, yeah. you know, you just have to pull out that one box and that has all the sharpies and the scissors and the sequins in it, yeah. and then one, <laughs> and then, and then one box the, has all the you know all the wigs and that kind of thing. And, and instead of having you know, <laughs> so 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 you could so you could find stuff easier, especially in an RV. You can't. I mean, at least our RV, we have a really small RV. Uh, it's like half the the length of uh, of Woody's here, yeah. and um and we have to be really judicious in our in our, where we put stuff and how we how we bring it. And so that was the my that that was the best thing that we that we ever did was get those clear plastic mm. things and get we had like ten of them, and then just put the all the stuff in that in those very thin boxes. How do you um how do you uh keep those in place when you're driving do you like tape them in they or? stay we put them in the bed above yeah. the cabin the cab so even if you hit the brakes yeah they go forward they don't come okay. backwards and they're and they because they're those they're, all the boxes are the same they fit and mesh into each other yeah. and so they don't slide around they're all they're all up there perfect and i, I would say um something that came up that i forgot to mention before is don't put too many people in your rv because mm. <laughs> In general, that's your private space as well as your public space. Yeah, and, and we like to have it just for ourselves because we know people come in and visit, but we want to be able to shut ourselves off. But if you're trying to put six or eight people in your RV to kind of save money and rent it all together, you all have to figure out how to get around each other with all your costumes and all your gear and all your food. Bring tents for bring, that. Bring put separate the clothes tents. Outside. Put your clothes yeah. outside. You mm-hmm. can do that, and then have just the for sleeping space. But make sure you talked about that really well. Mm-hmm. Because after a week of being with each other at Burning Man, it brings out not only the best in you, (laughs) (laughs) as we all know here, but um, yeah, I I was, the first year I went in an RV, I left the RV to go back to a tent because I couldn't, the couple that owned the RV got into a fight Mm. and they fought, literally were breaking up (laughs) (laughs) during Burning Man, like in a dust storm, left high on mushrooms it was just crazy oh, gosh. so we went back to the rv and it was just non-stop bickering and and fighting and you know you could walk in and feel the energy the negative energy so luckily my, a friend of mine left early and left his tent said can i use your tent so i moved out into a tent just to get out of that so it can be a little bit hairy having yeah, too yeah. many people in an rv that is such an excellent point because um uh, i've been invited to stay with a couple of people in an RV, um, hopefully when I make it out to Africa burn. There you go. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's good. I mean, I, I don't think they have those problems, but, um, <laughs> but I think that's excellent advice. Like what stuff should uh, this, I feel like this episode has plenty of things that I could be aware of like that. Oh, now I'm staying in somebody else's RV. These are the things that I should pay attention to. Not using water too much, like doing better, washing my hands, like, um, finding it I don't know taking up as little space as possible <laughs> yeah, these, these are all super interesting stuff to keep keep track of I think regardless of whether or not you're going to have an RV yourself what, what, do you have, what else do you have on your list? I have uh, uh, one of the things on my list was sharing power with others yeah. um, if you're charged because no, normally when you turn your generator on the only thing you're really doing it for is maybe you get some air conditioning and you need to charge your batteries if you don't have solar 
And um, you might as well have like another camper or two plug into your camper while your generator's going. They can charge their batteries on your on your running of the of the generator, mm -hmm. and then vice versa. When they run theirs, you plug into theirs. So it saves on because you really have to kind of do it every other day. Run the generator if you use it a lot. You have to you have to do it every day, but if you, it's pretty much every other day. So you got to do it like three times, four times during the burn or during a week. And um, if like our generator uses the LP gas, and we don't have a very big LP gas tank. Yeah. And if we ran it too long, we'd run out of LP, and we wouldn't be able to run a refrigerator. There'd be all kinds of yeah. hell to pay. Yeah. So plugging into somebody else's to charge the batteries. While they're charging, and then they're, and vice versa, when you're running theirs, yeah. share the generator, share the power, because you know, it, it doesn't take a lot of power to charge the batteries. And know where your right idea, your energy is coming from, because mine runs off of my fuel, my gas. Mm -hmm. So, and I have like a sixty gallon gas tank. Oh, that's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> sixty gallons at four dollars a gallon, or yeah. it's three dollars now. But one year it was over four dollars a gallon. That's a big price for fuel yeah. coming from San Diego to the burn. So just be aware of that extra cost mm -hmm. um, i do have a bigger rv it's 29 feet but it's not like a big a yeah a it's just a c class but how many times did you fill up on the drive out it takes two, 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 two at least two full mm. tanks i think to get there yeah 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 i remember because when we were Especially going up three, hill, i think when we're going there so yeah. coming back it only takes two i think or yeah. one and a half we yeah. rode out with a, a friend, I remember, like, we broke up, we split up all the gas, you know, between all of us, mm -hmm. and, and paid him for it, and I was like, yeah, it's been, it was like, paying bus fare <laughs> to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But well, it was nice. It was luckily, nice. we have a five-cylinder diesel that yeah. gets better gas mileage yeah, than some people's right. trucks, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that. Did you have more? No. Those are two things. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling... Because um, it's funny, every once in a while we do episodes like this uh, that are just like very informational geekery type stuff <laughs> um, rather than like the one-on-one -on -one interviews that a lot of them are. Um, and very often, like I'll get a lot of feedback from people uh, that will say like really appreciated this this episode because we were looking at, this is basically like coming to like a burner meet and greet and talking to, right. you know, five or six people and asking some of those questions that... Um, you know, as I'm asking them, I'm like, this seems like an incredibly basic question to ask, but it's really helpful to hear people actually give that feedback. So I have a feeling I'm going to be hearing from listeners, uh, and I uh, want to tell listeners, I encourage you to, by all means, like, reach out. Um, you can go to burnerpodcast.com and contact information is there. If you have questions for our panel, I'm happy to forward the question and, and get, you know, answers for you guys. And I'm sure they, you guys would be happy to answer questions for Absolutely. Listeners yeah. Those. yeah, so thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you for uh, thank you. this chat. Awesome. Great. Sorry I was late. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. This is a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to many more adventures with all of you in the future. <laughs> thank you so great. much. Thank, thank you. You are now listening to the sounds of Jesse Sugar Moore from Portland, Oregon, here in the United States, Estados Unidos. Uh, it was recorded during happy hour from atop the Hajj Art Car on Wednesday evening 
of Burning Man 2018. The aforementioned mutant vehicle was parked at its home of Camp Sacred Cow while the campmates were all getting ready for a playa wedding that evening. So that was that was what, what Jesse was spinning for. That was the group he was spinning for. Uh, Jesse says that it was a really joyous experience. He, he was taking in the panoramic view of the pre-sunset playa and playing music and everyone was dressed so fun and hanging out and chopping vegetables for a big batch of salsa, <laughs> merrily drinking champagne and dancing. His words. God, I love these stories. I love these stories. Uh, you can hear this set and more over at uh, Jesse SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash sugarmore. That's spelled sugar like sugar uh, and more, M-O-O-R-E. Listeners, please give us a like on Facebook and join the Facebook group. And please leave us a review on iTunes. These reviews help the show grow and get more support. We wouldn't be doing this if you weren't actually listening. <laughs> I, I think we would be doing this if you weren't listening. Uh, all these links are over at burnerpodcast.com. You can find me on all the social medias at Mr. Arash. That's M-R-A-R-A-S-H. And please, please, please do send me a message to let me know you're a listener and not a spam bot. And, and, and do let me know if you have interesting interview subjects in your neck of the woods. Maybe I'll come to your town, knock out in your living room and drink all your almond milk. Today's episode was produced by Lee Hemingway, along with associate producer Louis Gallopo. Our production team also includes Tori Massey and Navjit Sarna. New episodes are up on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. The show is available on all the podcast platforms. Our opening theme music, America's Horse With No Name Remix, is produced by Joman. Check out his stuff over at soundcloud.com slash DJ Joman. We love you so much, dear listeners. Until next time, love and light and all that other crap. Take us out, Jesse Sugarmore.
burnerpodcast.com.